Hi, folks. In this episode, I'm going to share with you a recording of a conversation I had with a regular Being Human guest, Tom van der Lubbe, at the Forward Summit, which uh, is a conference hosted by Management 3.0, a progressive uh, management uh, approach. And yeah, we had a great conversation on the topic of less is more and how Tom keeps it really simple at Busy, the mortgage advisory company that he is a leader in in the Netherlands and how they base basically their entire management philosophy around the golden rule, uh, don't do unto others uh, that which you wouldn't have done unto yourself. Yeah, and uh, really enjoy the conversation. We also get into how actually putting staff first, uh, putting people first, results in uh, customers getting a great experience and how indeed Vizzy won the Zero Distance Award, which is uh, given out in recognition of people who've built great customer relationships and are very responsive to their customers at, at Vizzy. So yeah, great conversation. We take a few questions from the audience. I hope you enjoy. Tom brings this principle to life at the company that he co-founded, Vizzy Mortgages. Um, we'll be focusing on the award that they won recently, the Zero Distance Award, and Tom's philosophy and the philosophy they use at Vizzy, which is centered around the practical implementation of the golden rule. Uh, we should also say that Tom and I go back, you know, he's a regular guest on my podcast, Being Human, and a quick tease, uh, we're, we're soon to be launching a book podcast, uh, just the two of us, called You Should Read This. Uh, so watch out for that. So without further ado, uh, Tom, why don't you give uh, our audience just a little bit of a background to what Vizzy Mortgages is, and then tell us about this Zero Distance Award and why being small is so beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Um, it's always nice to um, to be together with you uh, on a conference. Um, uh, Vizi is a Dutch company and we do mortgage advice. So very simple. When somebody wants to buy an apartment or a house, we support and we choose the best mortgage and uh, we are paid by the client. So we're not paid by the bank. Um, and um, uh, but that, that's not the reason I think we are on this conference. We are on this conference because uh, we, as a company, put our people first and try to avoid as much as bu bu bureaucracy, difficult word, bureaucracy, uh, as possible. And um, uh, we were delighted that we got this award of uh, Thinkers 50 and uh, higher the Chinese uh, big company and it's I, I, I just I just uh, it was sent to me a couple of days ago uh, we got it a few months ago and and I, I have it I have it actually in front of me and it says and I read it to you um, it's always better if other people tell why we got an award uh, for its groundbreaking work in seeking to achieve zero distance eliminating the distance between their employees, their operations, and their customers. That sounds beautiful. I couldn't say it in such nice words, but it means actually very simple. An advisor decides automatically uh, without any rules what is the best way to serve a customer. So the idea is the idea of the golden rule Imagine you would be the customer 
and not the advisor, what would you like, how would you like to be treated by your advisor? And we do this in all dimensions. So to keep it very, very simple, and there is only this only rule, the golden rule, treat other people like you wanted to be treated yourself. No handbooks, nothing. Wow. Wow. And so what does that mean um, for, for your advisors then? How do people sort of respond to be given by being given this much trust and this much latitude to treat customers how they, how they like? Is, is, is everybody comfortable with that or do some people need some training into it? No, actually, everybody is comfortable with that. I mean, I didn't hear anybody complaining about that. I mean, there is um, uh, this, let's say, formal education just for uh, regulatory purposes. Um, but but the funny thing is we don't need rules in normal life. So probably at home, you don't have a constitution or a handbook, how to treat your children or your partner or your parents, etc. So it's very interesting that in normal life, we know exactly how to treat others. Uh, we also don't do a kind of yearly performance talks with our partner or, or decide on bonuses at the end of the year. So the normal thing is just to take the perspective of the person in front of you, doesn't matter in what kind of, uh, let's say, setting, and just imagine how would you like to be treated. And it doesn't matter if you are a client or a supplier or even society or even nature, uh, this, this principle always works. Right. Right. And, and as I understand it, this has meant that not only are you getting great feedback from your clients, but in terms of the way that your staff experience visit, did you not win the best place to work award? Is that right as well? Yeah. Yeah. We were very lucky. Uh, we're third. Uh, three years in a row in the Netherlands, we were number one in the small category. Uh, this year, it was the last time we were in the category until 50 because we're already 60 people now. And this year, we also got uh, the number one award winner in, in, in Europe, uh, also in the small uh, category. Um, so yeah, that, that was very nice. And the, actually, the reason was that people felt... Uh, very secure and informed because at the beginning of the COVID crisis, we said uh, the the only goal we have is to keep everybody on board. And we also said uh, we're not going to fire anybody. Uh, it's about solidarity. And um, I think in times of crisis, and we also discussed this on one of your podcast, podcast uh, episodes uh, on, on being human, that in times of crisis, people expect and wants to show solidarity with each other. And that's what we did as a company. And I think that was the reason we became number one in Europe. Right, yes. Um, great, well, we've got our first question here. Um, this amount of trust to advisors means you have to find the right people for the job. Do you have specific rule stroke methods there? <laughs> yeah, is that the one place you don't have a rule? Is it high, or you have a, is the one place you have an absence of rules in hiring? Or is even that just, you know, you trust, trust your people to make their own hiring choices? I think it's a double question. Uh, I think everybody actually would like to act 
uh, following this principle doesn't matter what aspect of life. Uh, and the and the second question, uh, the 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 um, the teams decide themselves who to hire. So it's a decentralized way of hiring. So the we try to avoid staff functions and and what is called HR normally. We we dislike the word HR because people are not resources. People are human beings. Um, it's only facilitating processes. Uh, but that's it. But so to keep it very simple, you have, as an example, a credit department. There are six people working in this credit department. Those six people say, we need another colleague or we want to hire. Then they decide who wants to do the talks. And then four of those six people want to do these interviews and everybody has a veto and nobody has to explain why they don't think this colleague, for instance, uh, doesn't fit to the team. So it's a very decentralized way of, of, of hiring and it's all about a decentralized way of trusting each other, which let's say for other people in the other part of the company or one of as the co-founders, sometimes I would like to grow faster, but it's always about accepting the trust uh, of, of the colleagues in the team. It's their decision uh, who to hire. You're right, right. That makes sense. And and you said something there. We've been back and forth uh, about this question of what's the role of a leader in such a decentralized organization. But it sounds to me that what you're describing there, where you stop yourself stepping in and allow the contrast to continue, continue despite your frustrations, that to me is an act of leadership. So is there something here about leaders of organizations such as Vizi um, having to live the principles and act in accordance with them, even if it's frustrating for their own ambitions. Yeah, I think that's you always have to zoom out. So it's, it doesn't matter what it is. So if you if you build a company or 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 a government or a state, I think the main role is the role of the architects uh, to create an environment. So that doesn't mean that we don't ask our people what can we do. But 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 it's it's a, it's a very de- defensive way of of supporting. So we asked, for instance, in the COVID crisis, we asked, what kind of environment do we have to create that you want to work your whole life at at camp? So this kind of questions we ask. But we're not we're not telling them how to do their work or who to hire or how to how to manage the processes. That's that's not that's not the role if you if you really want to create. Uh, something but it's 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 the most difficult thing is that we you have to create an environment to unlearn and to 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 create an environment where people are willing and experiment to take responsibility and that's something which which is difficult sometimes because we're all raised in this way of 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 at school uh, where somebody tells there's only one one right way uh, and, 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 and we are waiting for somebody to tell us what is the right way. So it's really about facilitating. Yeah, the leader as architect, the leader as facilitator. I like that. Um, but all, also, it does sound to me like there's something about holding the principles. There's something that you, you, you had to stop yourself stepping in and speeding up the hiring to stay consistent with the principles. Is that a, a sort of a frequent challenge? For leaders in organizations like me? 
not really, because let's say if um, you create an environment, and I also have to add that we have fixed salaries, no bonuses, fixed salary increases. So if you, if and it, but that that takes time uh, to be honest. But if you have this environment where where people can exchange in a, in a safe setting and ask each other, then it goes automatically. So it's in the end, it's about common sense. And 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 if you just let's say feel insecure about something, you ask your colleagues. But it's this collective knowledge of the team, which is always superior to the individual knowledge. But the team will always be more virtue oriented than let's say money or whatsoever oriented. So the 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 collective intelligence, but also the the uh, the intellectual. Uh, virtues of of a bigger group always outweighs uh, the the interest of individuals, which you also mm. see in societies, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, well, and that's what we understand from the research on on collective intelligence that collective intelligence is always superior to the most intelligent individual in any group. Um, so it sounds like you're experiencing that, busy. And it's even even, even in the research, even even in the research, the collective intelligence of the group is bigger than the individual. Doesn't matter what what subject. So even if a group doesn't know in a technical way about the subject, the collective intelligence of group is always is always better than the individual, which I find very interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fascinating the research on that, and it it runs counter to, you know, I guess the narrative in society that. That ge- individual geniuses um, yep. are um, achieve the, the the heights of you know intellectual uh, accomplishments um, as opposed to groups. There's a, there's something else in this question. I think it's maybe worth reflecting on. Do you find the right people? So you had a career in you know large corporations before you founded Visi. Is there anything you notice um, you know about the colleagues and the types of people you worked with in your prior life? versus those that you now work with at Visi. Is there any difference in the profile that Visi attracts? Um, it's a very good question. Uh, and I think, yes, there is. So this kind of cultures, and I think we are, we are not an exception. So a lot of small, medium-sized enterprises have more or less the same culture we have. Um, I think it's more, it's more focused on the team. So um, um, this kind of 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 I would say being human, or mm. or or being 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 more humble. So it's much more. What's my role in supporting others? So not not it's 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 not this great this big purpose. Although let's say we want to change this financial industry, but in the end, if you work together, it's about supporting others it's, it's it's a little bit like a very good soccer team where it's much more about playing together than than trying to be to be an individual individual excellent player right and and that's something which if if everybody does this and and there is an enormous focus on the team performance it it it, it makes also a lot of fun to play together so much, and, so people, yeah, cool, sorry. 
no that's that's uh, so and, and i think people notice this and if you have and let's say what you can do by building a company is to create for instance a salary model which creates a fundament or uh, by abolishing bonuses or by creating fixed salaries or by creating fixed salary increases so people don't have to think uh, does my interacting or or uh, uh, if I show vulnerability, does this have an effect on my salary? And that creates a kind of collective uh, psychological safety, which which creates an enormous performance and it creates an enormous, also an enormous uh, atmosphere of of helping each others each other. So let's say not only in these times of crisis, but let's say. If somebody has parents at home or grandparents at home who are sick, then all this information is shared. And somebody somebody checks in in the morning and says, Richard, my, my grandfather is sick. Um, uh, I have to help my grandmother. And everybody says, Richard, take care of your grandmother or take take right. care of your, of your grandparents. Uh, um, what, what can I take from, from your calendar? And, 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 and if people start to do this kind of stuff it's it's uh yeah it's all about uh, reciprocity yeah yeah just just reminds me of a, a friend of mine who um was cascaded by a boss recently uh for daring to take her car to the garage um which meant she was like half an hour late for work <laughs> the boss t- demanded to know why she couldn't get her car fixed at the weekend i mean that's that's the the sort of level of culture that exists in some in some places. I mean, it's it's uh, so contrasting to what you're describing. What is what is perhaps interesting for people because we're still in the COVID crisis, and and there's also this link to to those awards. Although it's not about winning awards, awards only only may be an indication that something in certain companies is going in the right direction. But uh, I think. So what is interesting to share is that at the beginning of the COVID crisis, where nobody knew what would happen March last year, uh, we had a kind of traffic light system, uh, red, orange, and green, and 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 we 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 just we just uh, asked ourselves uh, which colleagues are in what category, and the red part of the traffic light were those people who had partners who worked in hospitals or in so kind of crucial professions. And and we said to them, you don't have to work. So so because there was also people had to do homeschooling, for instance. So if you have two children and your partner has to work in the hospital, then then you can't work because everybody was sitting remote at home. So what happens, those those people who who uh, were in this red category they they felt very much taken care of by their colleagues and 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 what did they do uh, we thought okay they will not work at all no they didn't they worked in the evenings and supported their colleagues and they had this this category in the orange category there were those people who had to split let's say the work because let's say both were working at home and had children i was in this in this middle category and then, and then uh, you had to take care of the kids half of the day, and your partner had to take care the other part of the day. And I worked, for instance, then half of this day in the evening and just compensated it. But everybody did. So there was an yeah. enormous security of you didn't have to be afraid of losing your job, uh, and everybody was 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 in a way 
finding out how how can we work together as a team but still give priority to the to the situation um uh yeah for everybody on the in the individual level so to say yeah and and i think that's something that's true of many of these highly decentralized organizations is they're very resilient you know we see that with handelsbank and came through the financial crisis grew during the financial crisis the other famous example that some people may know semco uh, yep. In Brazil, a big industrial firm that uh, went through numerous uh, economic crises uh, and came through unscathed. So we've got another question here. Um, just curious, but how about the absences slash holidays? No rules there? Question mark. Um, no, we don't have the culture of, um, uh, let's say, um, which is sometimes see that 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 you can be have holidays whenever you want. Uh, we just have a, a kind of fixed amount of holidays. I think it's thirty or something like that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but because it's it's so uh, there's this culture of flexibility. Um, we never had a discussion about that, and we also have, for instance, the possibility of taking sabbatical if you want to travel for a couple of months, etc. Uh, so. Uh, the funny thing is that this whole discussion about, let's say, holidays is an American uh, topic. Uh, 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 but if you then see the research uh, which is done on that, um, uh, people sometimes fear to take holidays at all. So I, I actually think that the European model is much better. You have fixed holidays. And that could be, for instance, one of the few responsibilities of a central uh, HR department or what we call people first department just to take care that everybody takes the holidays and not some people don't uh, and also react if 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 people are uh, not willing or, or 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 feel reluctant to take holidays if they are in let's say in the private situation which um uh yeah which would would make sense then there is a central responsibility to say just uh, family first and then, right. and then, if you have solved the stuff, then uh, then come back to to work, so to say. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I'm curious. So this is a talk about less is more. Small is beautiful. You've already reached fifty people at Visi. If small is beautiful, why do you want to continue to grow Visi? Um, two aspects. One aspect is um, that we want to change the financial industry. And and we're and as long as we are so small, we don't have the power to do so. And the second part is, and then and I'm reflecting to to one to our book podcast. Eh? You should read this, where the first book we discussed was Small's Beautiful. That's why I, I just come up to this. That this whole idea of the Buddhist economy is to create as many jobs as possible. So I like the idea of a huge corporation not for being big, but creating an enormous amount of jobs. So I still like the idea of, of, of creating an enormous amount of jobs uh, to also change the way we work. So I, I, I admire companies like Bosch, uh, uh, which is not stock listed and they have 400,000 people. And, and, and actually uh, Bosch Power Tools, they also got the Zero Distance Award, uh, has 20,000 people. So this whole idea of of building a huge corporation with a lot of people all, and and all functioning in a decentralized way, 
uh, is something I find really, really attractive because it also creates an enormous security in in society, so to say. Right. And you don't fear losing losing the culture? Because when I was giving a talk yesterday, that was one of the questions that came up when I was giving examples of, of firms like Vizzy. Was, was the big question, ah, yes, but does this scale? Do you have examples of large companies succeeding with this? So do, do, you, do you have a fear that you'll be a, you, you may lose the culture as you grow? Uh, it's always difficult uh, to say. I would say it depends on how do you define the culture. So if the, if the main uh, thing is that it's a decentralized culture, just take, take Bosch as an example. If you, if you just see when uh, Robert Bosch, which is not so known because we read too many books on American companies, but um, uh, when Robert Bosch found company, it's a little bit, he's a little bit, as he's a German, it's a little bit comparable with Henry Ford, who, who doubled the salaries of the people. I mean, uh, hundred years later, there's still four hundred thousand people working in this company, in 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 Stuttgart, in in southern Germany, and it's a, it's a it's a global it's a global company. So why wouldn't this work? Um, um and and we have we have enough time to experiment so so if 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 something works in a decentralized way uh, and you have installed those systems um higher is also a good good example the chinese company yeah, who, who, who installed the zero distance award they also have an enormous amount of people and then it's called micro companies so uh, i would say grow but stay small yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's 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 it. Yeah, yeah, and that's using the the, the fractal model, which is a term that uh, yeah. Matt, that Julian Wilson at Matt Black Systems in Brighton uses, where uh, they continue to grow, um, but create like well, it's the same it's the same principle. Mini enterprises at Matt Black Systems actually create micro enterprises around individuals, but you you again you're saying you're going to keep it small. In cell. So, how do you see that working? Are you gonna do? You, do you imagine like what will be the? How will each cell be defined? Do you think at Visi as you scale? Mm, I mean, what we know, let's say from big structures. If you take, uh, I mean, I'm a historian, so I like, I like especially older examples. If you take, for instance, the Roman army, uh, two and a half thousand years old, uh, uh, without any modern communication. Uh, let's say, just imagine their own empire. How how does this work? Um, probably you have, let's say, a certain amount of people, and then at a certain point it becomes, um, let's say, not productive anymore. So, but I don't know where where this what what is the fixed amount? Is this let's say in the Roman Empire it was I think seven for the smallest group, will be twenty will be a local um, group. But you can also take the European Union as an example with the different levels, eh? so the subsidiarity principle. So you have small cities or small neighborhoods, uh, but you can still have in Europe, I don't know, 350 million people. So, So as long as you're able to define where the responsibility is, I think the responsibility of people where they live is the neighborhood. So I think the city is too big. I think it's about the neighborhood where people know each other. Uh, but why wouldn't you be able to install, let's say, fixed rules or flexibility on this on this level of a neighborhood in all Europe? 
because you already have cities and we have provinces and we have national states and, and we discuss foreign policy in national parliaments and we don't discuss this in in in, in a city, so to say. So I think it's uh, it's all about architecture. Right. And it sounds like you're going to you're going to be figuring it out as you as you go along, continuing to experiment. And there's also something, let's say, we figure out uh, also in our parliamentary systems where it makes sense to discuss what or to experiment with a plebiscite or something like that. So um, uh, I think it's, it's a continuous process. So as long as you don't have a fixed mindset where there is no flexibility, just go on experimenting. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And again, that's that's exactly what Julian Wilson at Matt Black Systems was saying is, you know, when, when asked, how did you get here? Well, he's like, well, we just kept experimenting according to certain principles. And, and that's how they'll continue to run. It sounds like that's how you'll continue. Okay, it looks like we've got two, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, two, uh, one minute left. Any final, uh, any final thoughts to round off, Tom, on this topic before we close out? Operations like 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 uh, we we reflect on the states. So we are with our parliamentary systems in a in a in a very interesting phase. On the one hand, you have uh, uh, demagogues, etc. On the other hand, you have you have a lot of people uh, um, uh, practicing a very local way or uh, local ways of uh, corporation. And I and I think we have to do the same in uh, in big corporations. Right. Okay. Well, it looks like we're just about up on, up on time. Uh, thank you very much. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.